Hey rock stars, I'm Lydia Billings. And I'm Colleen Starcoke. And you're listening to Rules Aren't Real, a Rowan Coaching production. Have you ever followed a rule that didn't end up serving you? Here's an example. I can't be an artist and make money. Or how about this one? You can't start a new career after 30. Colleen and I want to explore why people often follow these rules, even though they aren't always awesome. Every other week, we'll dissect and debunk a societal, cultural, or individual rule invented by humans. We'll also look at some of the neuroscience behind why we're wired to follow the beaten path. On the alternating weeks, we'll interview a super rad real-life guest who has achieved badass results by completely breaking the previous week's rule. Get ready to climb out of that box, folks. Welcome to Rules Aren't Real. Welcome back, everyone, to our fourth episode of Rules Aren't Real. We are sharing today and dissecting the following rule. You should go to college for something practical. Uh-oh. Practical. Uh-oh. Look out. Rule <laughs> alert. So Colleen and I uh, are going to spend some time together here fleshing that out and looking at why we follow that rule, why a lot of people, um, sort of the evidence that we have for why that rule makes sense. And then next week, we are going to share with you an episode with our guest, Eduardo. He is a friend of mine, and he broke that very rule, and, and he'll be sharing with us about the results he produced inside of that. And it's going to be awesome. So um, Colleen, you know, the rule is you should go to college for something practical. In this conversation, what does practical mean? Okay. I think let's think about this instead of like a technical definition. This is more about what did our parents and or grandparents mean when they said, go to school for something practical? Yeah, because that is the the voice that this rule typically comes from. So that's Mm -hmm. very good. Yeah, I mean, we're we're listening to this voice. I mean, for most people, you're going to school right out of college, that is, right out of high school. So the rules that you've inherited are still very close to your chest, right? It's going to take you some time to sort of disassemble and dissect what rules you came with and, and inherited versus what rules are, are yours, right? What do right. you want to follow? What's your path? What are your values? What's your voice? That stuff kind of comes through practice mm. um, and through <laughs> the kind of degrees that aren't practical. Um, mm. but, so let's get into what, what, what is practical. So practical generally include your STEM degrees and STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, So this is kind of like, you know, when your mom or dad, they want you to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or something stable that there's always a need for and that Mm. makes good money, right? Yeah, I want to make sure we're not, by no means am I trying to, in looking at this rule, sort of disregard or um, invalidate why parents give their kids this rule um, because you know it works for some people right and some people really want to be doctors or really want to be engineers or whatever that is and absolutely um, I think where it comes from is really in I'm I'm guessing as a non-parent I'm guessing that parents really want their kids to be successful and taken care of and grounded and and a lot of what we're going to talk about this in a moment but success in the eyes of some parents looks like a job that pays well Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where that comes from. By no means am I like, you know, we're talking about this in any sort of malicious way. It's just something. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And it's a good point because we do get a little snarky sometimes. 
Sometimes, weird artsy folks. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we have our own worldview, but you're right. You know, parents uh, who are proposing this and, and also just, you know, kids who feel like this is what they should do, whether or not it was recommended sure. to them by anybody. I mean, it's coming from a good place of wanting some stability, some security, mm -hmm. some, uh, some knowledge that you're not going to be desperate sure. in your life, right? Which any of you who have experienced desperation know why this is something that we really want to work against. And we're not so far removed from generations who went through um, World War and the Great Depression. And, you know, so we're still inheriting um, quite a bit around stability and security, financial security, taking precedence over this newfangled version, <laughs> sort of <laughs> speaking your truth and following your own path and that, that kind of stuff, you know? So it, I think you're right. It really does come from a good place, but what we're here to look at is I think a couple different things. So sort of what is the rule, which we're digging into now, but also is this rule real, right? So the, the, the principle that folks, the sort of hypothesis, I guess, that's put into the space around this rule is that these particular types of degrees are more money-making or, or will be more likely to lead to you getting a job sure. when you get out of college or for you being successful in your career, right? So we're also going to kind of pick that apart and see, is that actually the case? It may or may not be. Right. So Lydia, what isn't included in a, a practical uh, degree in college? Everything I've ever done in my whole life. Um, <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> so um, creative arts uh, are not typically included. So visual art, performance art, music, mm -hmm. any other arts that I'm excluding unintentionally. Liberal arts are not typically seen uh, inside the practical category, you know, writing or English or history, psychology, so, psychology right? I mean, the, the practical application for a lot of those that we've seen is in teaching those subjects. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of one, one limited track, mm -hmm. right? So um, there isn't as much opportunity. I'm not going to say there isn't as much, I'm going to say it's perceived that there isn't as much opportunity to actually have those be practical, fulfilling careers. Mm -hmm. um, Let's see, what else is not included? Anything else that you would point out? No, I think you've covered most of it. It's basically arts and liberal arts that we're looking at, um, right. as opposed to sort of um, hard sciences, sure. uh, hard tech and engineering, and, and sort of the math and, and math, physics yeah. space, this kind oh, of stuff. Oh, math. My, my, uh, my, my old foe. <laughs> I was going to say my, my old lover, but that was never true. Math and I were never yeah. great friends, but I can I can tip like a, a mofo. I, I've got oh, my I'm a good tipper. Down. Yeah, I've got that down cold. <laughs> I think that's just living in New York, though. I know. <laughs> Having had restaurant jobs, it's like you know what this is happening. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's let's take a look at this. I think we you know as I just mentioned a minute ago, we're we want to really dissect this because it's not just why should you break this rule if you want to, as always, it, the rule might work for you, right? And we're not, we're not dissing on scientists or people who are into tech or math. God, we need you. By no stretch of the imagination. We're just saying this is a rule you can break if you want to. So there's one aspect of it, but the other aspect is, is the rule correct, right? Are we using the right assumptions going into this rule to begin with? Mm. So what are some of the, um, like, is there evidence, essentially, that this rule is or isn't real, Lydia? 
What do you think? It's actually documented and has been written about and is real in the real world um, that many people with liberal arts degrees actually end up having really amazing jobs. So it is not by any stretch of the imagination a given that you will be unhirable if you have a liberal arts degree. Right. And there's, a, there's an article that we'll share with everyone um, from Time. And let me just pull a, a quote here from Howard Schultz. Um, who works at Starbucks. What is his position at Starbucks? He's the CEO. Of course. I did. Okay. <laughs> Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, has a Bachelor's of Science in Communications. And what he shared about this topic is, it took years before I found my passion in life. But getting out of Brooklyn and earning a college degree gave me the courage to keep on dreaming. I can't give you any secret recipe for success, but my own experience suggests that it is possible to start from nothing and achieve even beyond your dreams. Mm -hmm. So really using a college experience and education, regardless of what you're studying, right, as a platform for success and spending that time learning about learning and learning about yourself and the yeah. world yeah. to go out and be successful in the world yeah. after that. You know, and there's a lot of different versions of success, right? So even if you are talking about financial success, there's tons of examples in the world of people who have liberal arts degrees and, and have experienced great success and unexpected success, success something that doesn't necessarily, uh, it's not like a one plus one equals two, where you have to get a job in a career that's related to the degree that you got. And I think that's one of the disconnects. When people say, oh, what are you going to do with an English degree? Teach English? Are you going to be a writer? Sure. Right. You're assuming that you have to use the exact degree mm -hmm. in the career that you're going into. But we have examples all over the place. So we have Andrea Jung, who's the, the former uh, CEO of Avon. She got a BA in English Lit. Uh, Michael Eisner, former uh, CEO of Walt Disney, got a BA in English Lit and Theater. Uh, let's see. Um, Richard Pepler from HBO got a BA in Government which you know, Who knew? I'm, sure, I'm sure running HBO is a form of government, but you know, it's not, <laughs> not a literal translation. Um, who I else feel like on this list? now that we're talking about this, I have a hard time thinking of people who have careers that match their degrees. Right. Except for me, which is rare. And like my degree is in fine art photography. So yeah. what do you do? You know, it's, it's so common for people to have many different careers and many different jobs, some of which might be related to what they studied and some of which have nothing to do with what they studied. And that doesn't mean that they didn't gain valuable skills in college that pertain to that job. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's where I'd really love to take this next. This is another quote, but um, it's just so on point. I can't resist. <laughs> it's from an article called a liberal arts degree leads to a career, not a job from Huffington Post. And there's a question of what do liberal arts universities teach, right? What is the actual point of this knowledge that you're gaining that isn't hard skills, right? Because most mm -hmm. of liberal arts uh, education is not about hard skills, uh, which I think is where the argument comes in. You need those hard skills to make money. Mm. And so this is a quote about what do we actually teach? So we teach from the world's storehouse of knowledge, thinking about what it means to be human, how we express our meaning, how we create ideas, actions, and art that never existed before. We ask students to understand the world deeply and to contribute to the common good. 
does that kind of broad ranging, historically conscious inquiry based study really lead to a job? In our knowledge based economy, the basic skill for everyone to learn is how to keep learning. Many of the good jobs of the future don't even exist yet. And in this ever-changing global economy, a liberal arts degree prepares students for the creative thinking that leads to innovation and problem solving. So what you're really learning in a liberal arts education, right, this unpractical education, is critical thinking, uh, analyzing from multiple perspectives, creative problem solving, understanding the social or historical context of an idea, working with others who are different from yourself, expressing yourself clearly. This one is so important. I cannot stress this more. <laughs> of all of the people I've ever worked with who hire other people, the thing they are most consistently frustrated about is writing and it, like the ability for you to articulate yourself in writing hmm. or in words. Communication. Because you can do that, yeah. You can email, you can create presentations, you can sell things, you can lead people. There's so much you can do with the ability to express yourself articulately, to, to explore an argument from beginning to end and persuade people. Mm. And it's all about asking better questions, right? And these are all things that you learn in this kind of education. That's really interesting. I'm, what is coming to mind for me, and of course I can't be objective about this because I have an arts degree and I don't have a STEM degree, but the distinction that I'm hearing is that a liberal arts degree in this context really provides skill with being with people in the world. Yeah. So if that could be communication skills. It could be writing. It could be presentation. It could be literature. It could be history. It could be discussion, debate, all of these, you know, art and creativity. And that's incredibly valuable. And if someone mm. has all the knowledge in the world about how math and algebra works, that's awesome. But if they can't communicate that in a way that actually is effective and has them be successful, then why bother knowing it? Right. You know, it's like these two must be married. They, and, and there's a part of me that wonders, you know, what did I miss out on in terms of knowledge because I didn't get an engineering degree? First of all, I didn't want to, but that's, you know. Um, <laughs> but but there, I'm so glad that this type of education exists, the mm -hmm. quote-unquote impractical kind, because in mm -hmm. reality... It's what makes everything else applicable in real life. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's a really good point there as well. Um, the other thing to remember is that we don't stop learning in college. So if you ever have the need to pick up technical skills, you can. I now, can. granted, I don't necessarily mean if you want to suddenly go from being a photographer to being an engineer, you can just pick that up at a like local, whatever. It's going to be more involved with that. And that's why that person wants to get the full on degree. Totally right. understood. But if it's sort of like proficiency with different softwares or, you know, whatever, a trade, mm -hmm. these are things that Ongoing. can be learned uh -huh. in, in continuing education, training programs, or on the job, right? It's always great when you can get paid to learn stuff. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah. But in your liberal arts education, you're, you are learning how to learn. You are learning how to think. And it's a very unique educational environment that teaches you to do that. You don't mm. have that many opportunities in the rest of your life to do that, or at least where you are encouraged to by the organization that you're in, by the people you're surrounded by. Mm. 
we're talking a lot about what I think some people or what it, what's typically called soft skills. Mm-hmm. And I wonder like what in the, in the world now, it appears to me that there's a lot more demand for those kinds of skills. Absolutely. So like, tell me what you think about that. Where do you see that showing up and, and what sort of like, what are the specific skills that people are now learning that are becoming more and more valuable in the soft skills arena? Sure, sure. Absolutely. So um, there's a couple ways that I can talk about this. One of them is starting with colleges, the Association of American Colleges and Universities do they do employer surveys every year um, to find out what are the skills that employers value most. And year over year, the skills that employers value most in new graduates that they hire are not technical job specific skills. You know, and also a lot of employers, they want to teach the specific skills sure. related the to way the they want. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They want you to learn how to do it their way. Mm-hmm. So what they're really looking for are written and oral communication, problem solving, and critical thinking, all of which are soft skills. So that's, that's one approach to that question. Um, mm-hmm. Another approach to that question is, you know, there's, a, there's another great article that we're going to reference for you guys from Forbes which says that useless liberal arts degree has become tech's hottest ticket. So you're going to find this all over um, Silicon Valley and some of the other sort of hot spots for uh, tech growth in the U.S. and abroad. Of course, programmers are a part of the mix, no doubt about it. You couldn't do it without them. And, and engineers and, and all of the relevant sort of scientific fields. But what's really what you're really seeing... Um, outside of the technical skills needed to build a thing, whatever the thing may be, everyone else is coming in with liberal arts degrees. They're Mm. coming in with these soft skills around creativity, you know? So, and the idea of creativity here is not necessarily artistic creativity, although that's part of it as well, but creativity from the perspective of making new connections, Mm. seeing things in a way that no one else did before. And that's the very nature of innovation. So if you have been taught to follow the rules, you're less prepared to innovate on a very basic level, right? So you're less prepared to join this new economy of soft skills. So there's all kinds of predictions that we're seeing around the development of soft skills. So The Bureau of Labor Statistics predicts that by 2022, some 1 million more Americans, so this is additional people in this particular workforce, will enter the workforce as educators. Another 1.1 million newcomers will earn a living in sales. Um, Mm -hmm. By contrast, they're expecting software engineers' ranks to grow by less than 300,000. So the growth in soft skills is much more significant, um, more than triple the growth of, in comparison to software engineers. So when we talk about education and sales, we don't just mean uh, like literal sales and literal being a teacher. We're talking about coaches. We're talking about consultants. We're talking about marketing and branding and communication that are all related to sales. Mm-hmm. We're basically talking about the ability through design and communication, through education, for one group of people to communicate knowledge and information to another group of people. And that's the soft skill. 
Yeah, I mean, you can have the best idea in the world, but if no one can hear you sharing about it, then you've just got a great idea. Right, right. So that's some really, some really serious evidence that maybe this rule isn't even real. Like beyond the fact that you should consider breaking it, um, <laughs> it, it might not even be valid. <laughs> it might not even be a real rule, right? Like there is some evidence that people coming directly out of college will make more money in STEM fields. Hmm. That's not really contested. But you can do all kinds of other jobs and find incredible success, even if your definition of success is financial exclusively, in the world. Mm. In the real world, as your parents might say. Photography, <laughs> that's not in the real world. That's right? not a real job in the real world. Well, my parents never said that, but it's definitely a thing some people say. Well, bless your parents. But bless then, you know, them we, a thousand times. We keep talking about financial success, though, but that's, I mean, Lydia, that's not our only definition of success. That's not even really one of my definitions of success. I mean, yeah, like I want to have enough money to eat and pay my bills and travel, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't know. I've never personally had a goal to have a ton of money yet. Would it be nice? Of course, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been some you know goal out there in the ether that I've been striving for my whole life. What I'm really passionate about is making art and being creative and meeting amazing creative people and travel and you know having brand new experiences every day and sometimes doing something that's going to make me a lot of money might look like doing the same thing over and over for many years and I'm just not interested in that personally (laughs) you know and it's it's perfect if that's what's right for you and by you I mean those of you listening but if it's not right for you, then you don't need to force it to be what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about living a life where you are passionate and curious about everything you're up to every day. I mean, that's the space from which you can really build a life that you love over time and like for the long haul mm-hmm. rather than, you know, going to work nine to five every day and then racing home for the weekend to serve, you know, cause you've survived the week and so mm-hmm. <laughs> made it through another week. You know, I'm, I'm not into to work versus working to live. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think Eduardo will share about that as well. You know, how he structured his life and, and next week, if passion is missing for me, then I, I, no matter what the payoff, I'm not, I'm not down. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think, you know, I think that this is, you just, you just used a word that I really love. um, Just passion. To me, this is something else that's incredibly important to consider when we look at the potential of breaking this rule, which is that the thing that drives a career versus a job is passionate curiosity right? You must know the answer to what question. If you're just following a path that was laid out for you by someone else, but you don't have any natural curiosity in that area, you know what? You probably will end up with a good job, but will you end up with a career that you can live with over a lifetime? A career that that satisfies you, that fulfills you, a career that you want to talk about with your friends and family because you're curious, you're learning, you're uncovering, you're innovating in Mm. in one way or another. It doesn't really matter what your field is. Again, we're just talking about innovation is making new connections. 
so and that's something else I think that the liberal arts education prepares you for. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, the beautiful thing about a liberal arts education, and you know, this is something that I discovered about myself in the last few years. I spent a long time in my childhood and in my adolescence without being aware of it, looking for answers. Like what's the right thing? And, and what's the answer to that question? And what am I supposed to be doing? And it was kind of unconscious, but as soon as I discovered it, I was able to really see the other side of that, which is, well, you know what, Lydia, there really aren't any answers. And, and you get to make up what you want your life to be about. Mm-hmm. And in that kind of, you know, that's the kind of conversation that arises inside of a liberal arts education, mm-hmm. because you're not just reading a book to take the test that proves you read the book anymore. You know, that's very middle school. Mm-hmm. You're now in a conversation about why the book was written and when and who wrote it and what are all the different perspectives in that piece of literature and then how that impacts what you're up to today and what will happen in the future. And it's just this vast, expansive Mm-hmm. complex sort of realm that is never end. I mean, you can never stop learning. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now, you know, I, I absolutely consider coaching my passion and my calling. And, you know, it's funny because I've never, I've always had a little bit of a hard time reading nonfiction. I love to learn, but I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big fantasy fiction nerd. So that's kind of where I spend my reading time. And it, I, I, I read much slower when I read nonfiction and, and it frustrates me. But I have found myself now in the context of passionate curiosity, of loving what I do and being so curious how else I can reach out to people, how I can support them, how I can assist them, how I can guide them. But now when I read almost any kind of nonfiction, I can't make it through more than two chapters before I have to put it down and run to my computer and write down 10,000 ideas that I just had as a result of reading this nonfiction, Mm. (laughs) you know, um, because it feels like everything kind of gets filtered through uh, this curiosity, Mm. this desire to, to learn more, to do more, to explore. And, you know, part of that is just who I am in the world. Same thing with you, Lydia, right? Like we're naturally curious people, but I think a part of that is, the education that we were privileged to to have, not just our college education, but um, before that, and also how we were educated by our families. Yeah, you know, it's it's fascinating because what I'm what I'm listening to now in my own head, as you speak, I I spent about a week in California a few weeks ago with my aunt and uncle and. My uncle is a physicist. He um, is brilliant. I mean, just I don't. Like, I couldn't even explain to you what he's doing, and, I, and, he, and I've been told several times, but he is working on experiments, and he's, like, working on a government grant and something amazing, and, and I'm like, man, like, that is amazing, and I have absolutely no clue what you're talking about, <laughs> and, like, uh-huh. good for you, and, and I was having a conversation with him about reading, and we were talking about fiction versus nonfiction, and he might have asked me, you know, what do you like to read? Or maybe I asked him and he said, I never read fiction. And I said, you know, well, why is that? And, and, and he said, if I'm going to take the time to sit down and put in the effort to read a book, I want to learn something. Hmm. And that answer gives away that like his definition of learning is learning new facts, learning information. Mm -hmm. And for me, like learning might look like going on a walk 
and discovering a beautiful garden. Mm -hmm. or it might look like going to the ballet or maybe it's reading a book, but I, you know, I can't get through factual information over a long period of time. It's like little spurts and <laughs> that's what works for me, you know? Well, and reading, reading teaches you so much, any form of reading. Of reading teaches you... Reading teaches you about writing. Reading teaches mm -hmm. you about language. It teaches you about um, critical thinking. But it also teaches you, I mean, so much more. There, I can't tell you how many times I've known what a word meant, even though I didn't know what the word was exactly. Yeah. Because I read historical fiction and and romance novels that are oftentimes set in some version of historical fiction, right? It's kind of that mm -hmm. sort of situation. And my vocabulary is nuts as a result, because I read constantly. <laughs> I read voraciously, like I'm a little bit of an idiot with it. And, and so I have a good vocabulary. And that's really served me well in, in business, honestly, mm -hmm. being able to write well, being able to present well, having access to, to language and mm -hmm. to sort of how to structure language in a way that tells a story. God, I love reading. I need to be reading more. I, <laughs> I loved my conversation with my uncle and I love what you're saying too for the same reason because I, I really got that people process information differently and people process whatever they're taking in in different ways and there's nothing right or wrong or better or worse about the way that you process. Yeah, and it sounds like your uncle is passionately curious. Oh my God, he's like a little kid in his lab. Yeah. And I'm like, I have no freaking idea what's going on. I'm gonna go out with my camera. But like, we both get to be passionately curious about the things we love. And there's, yeah. it's not better or worse, you know, or right or wrong, which way we choose. Yeah. Um, there's not a correct way to learn. Absolutely, absolutely true. And uh, I think, I don't know, how, how do you feel? I think we might have debunked this rule. I feel like this rule is bogus. <laughs> All right, so let's do our quick summary. Okay. Evidence that this rule isn't real. All right, so number one, if your definition of success is financial, there are tons of examples of people with impractical degrees who have achieved major financial success. But there's also this aspect of if your your definition of success isn't about money or that's not like the leading value, liberal arts education gives you a great preparation for that kind of success. What else? What else is our evidence that this rule isn't real? Number two, employers really value critical thinking and having their employees being able to craft a compelling argument, having oral and written communication skills and creative problem solving actually more than they care about your literal degree yeah. in most cases. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure you do, Lydia, as well, right? Most of my friends, like you said, they don't have jobs in their degree. Right. Right? Which seems to indicate that you can do whatever you want, regardless of your degree. <laughs> Just evidence-wise, right? Okay. Yes. So let's see, number three, there's huge growth in soft skills. We're not in an era of hard skills right now. And this is something else in terms of what we inherit from our parents and what they want us to do. They did more come from an era where hard skills was important and where hard skills would get you the job. We're not in that space anymore. We're in the information age, baby. This is all about soft <laughs> skills. What else? Yeah. Number four, passionate curiosity will drive a career, not just a job. Right. Who doesn't want a career? Right. Well, in the sense that, I don't know, when I that think they about love. the difference. Right. So that's it, right? When I think about <laughs> the difference between a career and a job, 
a career is something I can see myself building over time. A job is something that it's like, ugh. Okay for now, but let's get it over with. Right. You know, it's just, you're literally the only reason you're there is so that you don't starve to death. Yes. <laughs> so you can pay your rent. Survival mechanism. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Number five. Okay, this one's important. You don't finish learning in college. So it's not like if you don't learn some hard skills that you'd like to have in the future, college is your only opportunity to do so. There are so many continuing education programs, um, trade schools. There's even alternatives to college, right? So all of this conversation is based on the fact that you have to go to college. You don't, turns out. You can start your own thing. You can go to a trade school. You can get an apprenticeship. Oh, look at Um, that. Another rule broken. Right. (laughs) All over the place. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get to that rule in one of our episodes, and we'll, we'll give you all kinds of evidence for that one, too. Number six, in all careers, it's really about your relationships, not necessarily about your degree. And I hear that in two ways. I hear that it's about who you know and who you're connected with and who you work well with. Mm-hmm. And it's also about the relationships you build at your place of work or inside of your career. Mm-hmm. Right. So you might have a ton of knowledge from your degree and you get to work and you're like, okay, I can do my job, but if, but if this is really going to be something I'm committed to, you know, as a career, then I'm going to need to really make a home here. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, making a home is all about your community and the people you're with. And, and the second side of that is that knowing and having great relationships with people out in different fields and in the world can actually advance your career in a way that, you know, if you send me 10 resumes and everyone has the same degree, then I'm no longer using the degree as my deciding factor. I'm actually looking at who are these people? What are they up to? What are they like? What is it going to be like to work with them? Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and, you know, I think there's one that that we didn't list in our summary that I just want to add kind of at the end here, which is on top of the fact that so much of your entire life, your career and your entire life is about who you know, and who can connect you to the right people or who who knows a person who's doing something similar to this idea that you're curious about, you know, that kind of stuff. But a lot of it is also just about being in the right place at the right time, which means getting out there, exploring, trying things, taking risks. And there's a great example of this from Richard Plepler, who we were talking about earlier, who is the CEO of HBO, um, who got a BA in government. And, uh, you know, he lived in in D.C. for four years, and then he moved to New York City in 1987 um, and started a one-man consultancy. So one night, he's at a Chinese restaurant, and he looks up and sees Benjamin Netanyahu, naturally. And at this time, he was the Israeli ambassador to the United States, uh, United Nations, sorry about that. And that year had marked the first Palestinian uprising against Israeli occupation, which was a topic familiar to Plepler, who then decided on the spot, right, took a huge risk and went up to Netanyahu and pitched him an idea about a documentary film that talks about this conflict. Plepler says he barely looked up from his dumpling and then finally he asked me to sit down, he listened, he nodded, and after a variety of happy accidents in the coming weeks and months, I produced a film. The film captured the imagination of the then chairman of HBO who invited me to join the company. Holy crap. As a result of a BA in government, right? (laughs) I mean, you know. Basically go out and get a degree in government and (laughs) you'll be all set. (laughs) 
Yeah, but it's amazing how information connects, right? So he had learned something through his interest in government and his education in government that prepared him to take advantage of an on-the-spot opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's also really important. It's so great. Being ready at any moment to be innovative, Yeah, I think, comes from having a background of, you know, passion and creativity and and exploration yeah just like you know readiness to be in the world and be excited about what you're up to and meeting new people and you know if i if i'm at a desk nine to five then i'm not going to be at that event meeting those people you know like it's there's just kind of a couple there's a couple different ways you can go about it and the worlds don't always collide unless you're really intentional about getting out into both worlds mm-hmm. and i don't mean to like you know segregate based on training or degree or field. Um, it's just an observation. Yeah, it's just one way that you can go about it, right? So we, we just gave a whole bunch of different options about mm-hmm. how you might approach success as a result of whatever college degree you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it really is whatever college degree you have, right? We've debunked it. You know, there's, you can find evidence that you can get a higher salary in certain jobs. Cool. And if that's your priority, do it. Go do for it. Do that job. Yeah. But even if that is your priority, keep in mind there are other paths to the same destination. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. might be more fun. They might be a wilder adventure. And if you're mm-hmm. up for a wild adventure, then... try it out right go get a liberal arts degree (laughs) can't hurt (laughs) all right so that's our uh that's our episode for today i think lydia anything else to add no i can't wait to hear what everyone thinks and uh I, i would love to hear more about what our listeners studied if they went to college and where that led them or didn't lead them or um Mm -hmm. yeah so guys please please reach out please share with us what you thought about the episode and uh we'd love to hear from you yeah you can find us on facebook um at facebook.com forward slash rar uh and join the conversation there we do we want to know do you work in the same uh field as your degree uh how did you achieve the success that you have found and do you consider what you have a career or a job? We want to know these answers. So we will, <laughs> we will uh, look forward to hearing what you say on Facebook and on the blog. And until then, uh, we'll see you soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Rules Aren't Real. We hope it gave you some serious food for thought when it comes to the rules you might be following in your own lives. In fact, we'd love to hear about those personal rules of yours or any other thoughts you have about our show. Join the conversation on Instagram at RAR Podcast today. If you want to learn more about Lydia or me, please visit our website at rowancoaching.com slash RAR. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to break some more rules with you next week. See you soon. soon.